Welcome to Art Talk with April. I'm April Harris of Inked April and the host of this podcast. This is season four. We have some amazing artists on. I can't wait to share them with you. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Art Talk with April. Today, we have part two with Lynette Melnick, who is a multi-passionate artist and a creativity and entrepreneurial coach. So this episode actually takes right back up where part one left off. So we're talking about artists and how they talk about their art. Let's get started. They need to even how we talk about ourselves because we don't talk about our, we do our art and we practice our art and we do that, but we don't practice talking about our art or talking to other people. Yeah. And I love role-playing with clients and putting them in the position of, let me see your art. And yes, I know you have an artist statement and it's beautiful artist statement and you've spent a lot of time on it, but let's just have a conversation just like you and I are April and, and tell me about your art. If I'm just coming up to you in an art show or you're coming up to me in an art show and want to know about my art, you're not going to read that artist statement. And so I, I love to have people practice role-playing and they usually they're all nervous and I can totally relate because I still get nervous doing things. But then I say to them, would you rather be all tongue tied and nervous and say the wrong things when you're at the event and talking to a collector or a gallery owner, or would you rather be in this group and we just practice and have fun and, and talk about things and make our, our mistakes and bloopers and all this while we're practicing what we're talking about? Yeah. Because the first time will be bad. You will mess up. Just know that you will. That's what we do as humans. As you practice more and more, then you'll just, it'll just be flowing off your, off your tongue and saying, this is what I do. And this is that. And I love doing this. And what do you think? And you can ask them questions and they'll ask and engage in a conversation. So we need to practice that as well as practicing our art. Oh, sure. And the, the moment that you start talking about it, I thought, so like I have been trying to do art festivals and art shows. And when you set up a table and you have your art out or your you know, your walls with your art. And the very first show, someone came up to me and wanted me to talk about my art and explain it to them. And it was a particular piece that I had done a while ago. And I was just dumbfounded. I just could not come up with the words and and explain it. And um, my husband was there with me and he jumped in and was like, oh, she did it because of. I was like, that isn't why I don't think I did that. But okay, he was like all about it. He's much more extroverted. So he was like. I got you. I'm going to tell you what she did, you know, (laughs) but it it, to do. Oh, it was it was one of those experiences where I was thought I just thought I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about how I'm going, you know, like I've written about my art and, you know, supplied little blurbs or little paragraphs about a certain piece to a show or something like that. But I hadn't been approached by a stranger in person where they were just like so what is this about why what is the story behind this artwork I really like it you know and I was just like 
deer in headlights, like, uh. and it's so yeah. Deer in the headlights is the perfect scenario. And we're so, we can be so introverted, right? Because we're so intuitive and looking inside and concentrating on our art. I find that um, I try and also tell people, which is hard to do because you have to try and disassociate yourself from your art when you're at the shows. And think of it as if you have a friend who's doing art, chances are you can say so many great things or come up with so many questions or things to do about their art and you can promote them or do things. But all of a sudden, when we turn it to ourselves, it can be far more difficult. And so to practice and try and think, I know it's hard because there's the piece that you've labored over for a long time. You know, all the intimate little details of where things might not have worked right, but to try and see it and chat about it, like you were a different person and and you were just promoting it. You're confident and this is what I did. And yes, and this is how it looks, but it does take practice. And it's, and also the people I find, it's like when I was learning French way back. And when you go out and practice it, the people that are in France, they don't ask me the questions that are in my French book. And it's like, okay, you're asking me something totally different than what I practiced following the script. So it's also practicing some things that people may come up with the most bizarre questions. And it's, okay, how do I answer that? Usually it's good to ask them another question back yeah. to find out more clarification because that also goes, it takes pressure off you on, oh my gosh, I don't even understand what they're trying to ask me. And so instead of kind of fumbling and trying to get something out, um, ask them a question back. Oh, what do you mean about that? Or which part of my art do you, or is it pertaining to or something like that? So then your mind is going, okay, now if they ask, I can possibly answer their question if I give myself long enough to think about it. But we're all human and, and we all make mistakes and laugh and joke. And usually laughter is the best thing to get through things anyways. Yeah, yeah. And that whole disassociating from your art. Oh, my goodness. Like that. That's true. You really that's the best way to think about it, because then it's almost as if particularly in the situation where you're at a festival or something and you're selling, you sort of become the the salesperson, not the artist. Right. And it becomes a product instead of like your heart and soul or your are bared for the world to to look at and and know, you know, all your secrets. Like uh, this is more like a product that I'm selling here, not my, you know, myself necessarily. Um, yes. But, you know, and, and also you mentioned earlier, you know, like people needing to know about you as well as, you know, your art, like knowing something about you in order to, you know, have kind of an idea of what it is you're about, I guess, or what it is you care about and that kind of thing. Do you... So with your your coaching business, is that something that you talk to people about? Like I've heard a lot about like sharing your stories online and trying to create community like in your social media and that kind of thing. Have you talked to people? Did people ask you about that? Yes, absolutely. Because it's part of that marketing aspect of things. And 
how to market yourself, how to show yourself. And even it could come down to some people like myself, I don't show myself with my art as much on there. I may talk about it more. And that's just my choice. Other people show everything and that's good for their personality and what they want to do. So it's, it's back to that marketing and think and really finding out what you're about. And it's hard because we're so vulnerable, right? When we're painting, we're putting ourselves out there and we're opening ourselves up to criticism. But it's also finding your target audience and your collectors and your, your community that you that you want and relating to them, whether it's how you talk about things for myself. Uh, I can relate completely to interior design and design, like yourself being a graphic designer and my I was as well and interior designer. So my feed will show interiors or things like that that I love. And so people just in that way get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, also, a great way to do it is through your newsletter or your blogs. And to talk about things, just like you talk about all these different artists and people come to you and go, oh, I want to learn about this, what this artist is saying. And, and you graciously interview all of us and, and help uh, share information for other artists so that they can continue on. So the marketing and building the community and finding who your audience is, is really important. And it, and it really is being honest with yourself too on what you want to do. And it's hard not to compare to others, uh, which can also bring you down, which is another part of the, the coaching, which we discussed because that whole inner critic is alive and well, but it's just trying to be you and finding what you love to do that's going to sustain you and keep you pushing through those tough times uh, that will be the end result of being a great artist and people who want to buy your art. Yeah, yeah. That's so, that is so interesting. I have to think about it now. And it's the same what you're doing with your clients with marketing, right? When you're when you're doing your design work and whether they're selling a product or selling themselves, it's that whole mental aspect of marketing and how to reach people is so important and we don't learn that it's not taught in schools and that's why it's so great that people are doing that to help other artists now so that they can reach their full potential really is what it's all about believing in themselves and yeah so i i have a question for you like the whole target audience thing that is something that you see everywhere and people talk about target audience you know finding your people it's like how, how, how do you do that? How do you find the right people, you know, because, and there's some people who feel like, well, my art is for everyone, or it's for any kind of person, you know, like, let's say, let's go back to the portrait artist thing again, you know, like, anybody can get a portrait, you know, so what is that person's target audience? Like, what are they who are they trying to reach and how do they figure that out? Do you have wisdom to? Well, like it's, asking your, it's asking yourself questions, I think. Like even if you are doing portraits and yes, you can do portraits of a lot of things. But if you're asking yourself, do I really love to do something more than others? Is there this moment when I'm doing certain types of art that I'm going, 
oh, I just love this. And you get so excited about it, whether it's portraits of kids, um, could be portraits of dogs. So once you, usually people, when they keep working at things and they're, they're experimenting through their practice, it's harder to do when you're first starting out, but um, they'll find more niches or something that they love to do, or even people that naturally start coming to them and they find out, I find one of the best, when people buy my art, I ask them a few questions. If I, depends upon where it is, like say, for example, if it's in an art show, then it's easier to chat with people. And I find out things like, are you from here? Or it's usually in the conversation about when we're talking about the art, because people don't normally come up and say, I'm just going to buy that art. And you, you don't have any conversation with it. So, so you may find out um, that they are people with kids and their kids go to certain schools or their kids like certain events or certain um, colors will come up. And so you just gather information about that because you know you've loved painting this portrait. And what do people relate to it? What did, how did they describe it? And that's another part of the marketing that if I'm coming up with words, they're not necessarily, they're my words, they're my marketing words and my brand words. And you can find all that stuff online, which is easy to do, especially probably now with AI, which is another topic. Um, but when you're, when you have a painting that you love, and this is the style that you want to do, ask people what they think of it and get their feelings. And they say, I just love that atmospheric quality that you have and then you you write that down at least mentally or or afterwards quickly write it down and then you just gather information if and if people all of a sudden start saying atmospheric quality that's what you definitely then need to put in your description to attract more people for that also where they go with these if i know that atmospheric quality isn't necessarily portraits but if the parents are uh, of the portraits for the kids new, usually go somewhere and and at events that they may attend or they're at libraries or they're at shows or they're at musicals or plays or theaters it's just a chance to go there and kind of meet your audience where they think you are and it's it's a lot of experimenting it's a lot of trial and error and finding out and asking questions and i think i'm i'm rambling on a bit too long did that make sense did I answer your question absolutely yeah I just think you know it's it's just one of that I think the business side of being an artist and you know that's one of the that's another thing that has come up before too and I'm I'm like pulling from my interviews like things people have said because I always ask people what their challenges are you know, what is your, what are the challenges that you've had as an artist? And, you know, I think too, there's this whole thing about like making money with your art and selling it, like almost like that's bad. Like you shouldn't, you know, like it's almost, um, you should just be creating and create what you want and create how you want and, and, and don't, sell it like when it becomes a product then it it like cheapens it or makes it less I guess magical or something (laughs) what do you think have you heard people talking about that or feeling that way about their art like 
not even wanting to think about the marketing side of it. Yes. And I think it's some people don't want to sell and that's perfectly fine. And good for you to realize that that's what you don't want to do. Other people want to sell and might say, well, I don't really want to sell, but secretly they do. So I'll answer those people uh, that to that question in the sense of art, if you think of it as so many other things in this world, we need it. Others need it. They need the beauty. If you were to think back on when people get your art and they go, oh, I just love it. Every time I look at it, it just soothes my soul. And then you're going, that is a service that's essential for people out there. People need to find joy and beauty in this world. And your art and what you're creating can do that. And if you also think, if you're a little bit hesitant that your art isn't worth it, you can look to architects or engineers. Really, what they do is art. They're creating these buildings. They are more functional, if if you look at it, than art is. But they're creating this beauty. Engineers create beauty because they make things that function for us. Sometimes it's not as gorgeous, but other times it is. And they get paid really well for it. So all of a sudden, just because it doesn't have a tangible function that we can see, artists tend to, and I know I've been told by some people, well, it's not worth that much because they can't see the tangible things. But it is worth that much because our soul needs it. And one thing that I I tell people that if people are coming up to you and they, for example, if your painting is a certain dollar amount, and then they ask you, well, how many hours did it take for you to do that? Mm. That's not a question you want to get into because then it's um, an equation of time equals money. And they're going to evaluate your painting on the time it has to take you. So that's not a conversation that you should have with them because if you say it only took me two hours and maybe it's worth $500, they'll go, oh, $250 an hour. That's not right. Yeah. And so what needs to be the spin on that is talking to them about how they feel about it and the value that they will have from it. If it's in wherever they're going to put it, do you have a place where you can put it? Where do you think, what will you think of when you see that? If it's on your wall, when you first come out of uh, your room and you're going to the kitchen, how will that make you feel? Something to that so that people can get something a little more value out of it rather than the money. Because usually as artists, we won't win the time versus money or time. Yes. Money aspect of things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That does make sense. Because I mean, it's not, it's, it is sort of a product, but it's, it's something that you're selling that's a little bit more deeper than, you know, just an object to put in a room. And I think about the art that I've purchased from other artists and how much I enjoy it when I come across it in my house. And I'm just like, oh yeah, you know, I love that. (laughs) And it just gives you so much joy to just experience it. You're just walking down the hall and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. Exactly. And that's what you need to concentrate on with that. It's, but I think artists have a tougher time. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we can't do it. 
Yeah. It just means we have to find different ways to do it or be a little bit more enthusiastic and consistent with it so that people actually, it's an education process for them, for other people too, to realize that art does have a value. So we can always throw a little bit of education for them too. Yeah. And if they don't buy, hopefully they'll take one little nugget away with them that maybe art is a little important. Well, I haven't heard it enough times, so I'm just going to continue on. And maybe the seventh artist that they see, then they'll buy from them. So that'll be, that'll work out great. Oh gosh. So what is some advice that you would give to people who are just starting out? They're wanting to make things and sell them. Great. That's a Wonderful question, because so many people are doing that now. But a couple of things is I would first ask them uh, for getting into the business side. Is this really what you want to do? Because it's a tough go. There's ups and downs and you need to have some passion and commitment within you to keep going past those ups and downs. Uh, so once they say, yes, I love doing this, this is in, in it, I would say they, they need to have the discipline and perseverance and the passion. And if you have those things, and also remember to have self-care and fun, because we can be so focused on getting making this work and and needing to do this that we forget to take care of ourselves which is so important and to also just hire people that if you well starting out it may not happen but if you're at the point where you can hire people that can do things better than you do and faster than you than you do it then that will save you time and then you can then turn around and concentrate on the things that you are strong at and like creating your art and, but maybe somebody does writes blogs better, but you can give them information and you can build this rapport with them. So they kind of know your voice and how you're talking, but they can do it 10 times faster than you laboring away on something about it. By all means, get them to do it or the, or a website to create a website instead of spending a month doing that. Will somebody, will it be worth your while to have somebody else do it? That's why I would also look at that, even though it's harder to do when you're first starting out. Yeah. So kind of thinking about what, what you're best at. And if even, you know, if you have friends that are maybe good at doing some of those things, you have a friend who is good at writing or, you know, a wordsmith kind of person or, you know, someone who's a designer that's a friend or maybe knows somebody like even just asking around, do you know anybody who knows how to do this or whatever? And then barter for it. You know, idea. Yeah, like if you want to paint, like I can do a, a painting for you, you can give me this website. <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, think little things like that, I think is a really good idea. Because when, I think if you're, let's say you're, you're, you're planning on, you know, quitting a job and being an artist full time, and you're trying to plan for that, it can be overwhelming if you're trying to do it only by yourself and you don't have the experience to, you know, build a website or make videos or do any, like I, there was an artist that I found, she had a family friend whose daughter knew how to do social media. And so her daughter her friend's daughter started doing her social media for her and so she doesn't have to worry about it now she doesn't have to 
you know, be bogged down with that portion of it. And she can just make her art and like send the, send the girl her pictures and things like that. So that takes so much time. Yes. A lot of us, even if we know how to do social media somewhat, it's, it's stressful, you know, and just having like maybe even a younger person who is really excited about social media, just jump in there and be your social media person, you know, it's really fun. And they can even, you know, if they're at the age where they're thinking about college or something like that, or going to university, they can put that down. You know, I was a social media marketing person for, this artist, you know, and that kind of thing. Absolutely. So, That's a great idea. Give them the experience too. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of like sharing, you know, that, that um, project together and it's really fun. I just think that just to, when you're starting out to, to build your connections with people, reach out and talk to people, ask, ask questions. Also keep going. There's, there's going to be ups and downs, but people need your art and they need the beauty that you're creating. Someone out there is waiting for your art to hang in their home so they can just smile and love it. And also don't be afraid to make mistakes because we're just, oh my gosh. I Sometimes I say to myself, I wish I would quit learning just for maybe a week so I can just coast but you're always learning and mistakes will happen and we learn from them and we just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've always liked the idea of like mistakes are really learning experiences. It's not really, you know, you failed or you've messed up. It's an opportunity to say, okay, what did I learn from that? And how can I do that, that differently the next time, you know? And just sort of keep going and not and not give up on yourself is so hard. But I think that's one of the things that that's where that passion comes in, where you just have to make something. That's the thing that that fire within you that just keeps you going. I guess it's kind of like a hot air balloon, like it just keeps you floating. And don't you find that that passion and that creative urge is what bonds us? We have this instant connection when we're artists and, oh, I can relate to that. I know exactly what you're going through. (laughs) And your husband or or, or a friend who doesn't do art just doesn't have that same, yeah, I understand, but it's just not the same. So I love that. That's just this community out there, especially even with social media, that you can find people on social media and just bond with them and relate to them and you just build a whole new community of friends. It's just fabulous. And it's believing in yourself, really. It's that confidence. Yeah. I think that that's the that's a tough one. That's a really tough one actually. I I agree. You just go in and out. And that's why I I love to help people with believing in themselves and also creating to their fullest potential. Because sometimes we stop a little short. Because it might be, oh, that's just a little bit too far out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to go there. But it's you need to go there to grow. And that those little inner voices are saying to you, no, 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 no. Don't go out of your comfort zone. You can't do that. No, no, no. But if you think that the inner voices are there to keep you safe, go, okay, I accept that you're trying to keep me safe. 
but go away. <laughs> and I need to, I mean, this is putting it very simplistically, but you still need to grow and, and move without, and you'll still get those inner voices with every time you go up, come to the edge of your comfort zone. There are times when I've, I've been so far out of my comfort zone that I think my comfort zone sends out a rescue team to come search for me because I'm just, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing, but I said yes to this. Okay. Now I have to figure out how to do it. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing is to say yes to some things and then figure out how to do them afterwards. And it's figuring out how to do them afterwards with the help of friends that you have or um, some sort of resources that you can rely on. And that'll take you steps forward as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that, I started this podcast that way. Really? <laughs> Tell me about that. I just was like, you know, I really want to talk to different artists and see what they're going through and understand because I love all types of art. And I've always been such a, you know, I guess an art lover and supporter. And I have lots of friends that I've been, you know, to college with and in school with that I'm always, you know, trying to encourage them. And, you know, we talk about these things all the time. I thought, gosh, there's so many artists that I love online that I just wish I could just talk to them and see what they're going to say and learn from their stories and their journeys. And then it was like, okay, you know what? I think I would really like to support artists and sort of promote in ways, because I'm a graphic designer, I can make things and I can edit the video and I can make the audio and do all the things that they right. might not know how to do. And I thought, okay, that'll be really great. I'll get to talk to these people and I'll get to promote them, which will be fun. I'll just try it. You just started. I'm so impressed. Yeah. I hadn't done it before and I was, I, I didn't know how to get it, you know, published or on, on all the podcasts, you know, different um, channels and things. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to figure this out as I go. And my very first interview is with my six-year-old son. Oh. And he does this amazing job. He's so creative. And one of the things he says on the very first episode is I, I, I was, I was kind of steering him in her direction a little bit, but I mean, it was completely it was mostly unedited, you know, a little bit here and there when he was loud or did something kind of crazy. But right. I asked him, I said, you know, there are a lot of adults who are artists who, you know, they don't feel like they're good enough to be an artist. What do you think about that? And he said, really? What? That's that's crazy. And he was like, um, what did he say? It's been a while since I've listened to it, but he said, that's not real or something like that. And he was like, and I was like, well, how do you know that you were an artist? He said, well, I just do it. And I am, you know, oh my gosh. that's the perfect first episode, you know, <laughs> from the child's mouth itself. He says, just just do it. You know, yes. you're an artist. So. And you did, and you listened by doing the, well, you were doing the podcast, but listening, but that's what, what, oh, I love that. I love his truth. And I love the fact that you just went and did it and, and are creating these podcasts for people. Oh, 
just figuring it out along the way. And I have met so many interesting people, people from different countries, you know, and it's just it's fascinating because, like you said, we all have these sort of connected undercurrent of feelings like we all kind of feel the same way about it and we all have similar questions and we have similar struggles and when we get together and we talk about it it, it's like you have that problem too I know exactly what you're talking about that was so true and also that everybody has their own story and they may realize that they have their story and that's part of the marketing thing too when you're talking to people see you would be great at this because you're finding out their story and also they can hear it and go oh oh okay well maybe that is what I do because they haven't maybe said it out loud before and by you supplying this you're a great benefit to artists oh I hope so (laughs) yeah because I'm get a, I get a lot out of it personally, just for my own creativity and, you know, thinking about art and the world of art and, and all of the struggles. Like I read biographies of artists and things like that. And I'm just always thinking about it. So it's like to be able to have like a one on one conversation with an artist that I know online and I appreciate their work. It's just it's. It's just one one in a million opportunity to me to be oh. able to do that. But then to also kind of share those stories and give kind of a space where people can just talk about, because, you know, you might not get an hour to talk about your art with somebody yes. and just tell them where you're from and what you like to do and what your, you know, your voice or your vision is you know, something that I always thought, you know what, I wish someone would talk to me about that. We should have April being interviewed. I do have an interview, actually. Okay, so I have to go back to the first episode, and then I have to find your interview then. You know (laughs) what episode that is? Gosh, it was last season. It was season two, and I think it was like one of the last ones, but a fellow artist in my local area was like, you know what, I want to interview you. And so we got on and did that. And I was like, her name's Vero. I was like, Vero, I'm so nervous. And I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) say. She was like, well, now you know. I love that. I love being put in the other person's shoes. And then you can totally relate to it. (laughs) Yeah, that's why when you in the beginning, you were like, I might ask you some questions. I was like, not again. (laughs) It's such a wonderful conversation. And you have so much insight, you know, having your experience with all these different, you know, career paths and with coaching people and how can people get in touch with you? Let's say they want a commission or want to look at your art or also if they want to get coaching. Okay. First, thank you so much for this opportunity. You are just a joy to chat with and you've made me feel so comfortable, which is a little nerve wracking in the beginning always. And then you go, what's this person going to be like? And you've been just delightful. So I thank you for that and giving me the opportunity to talk to other artists. For myself to contact me, it's at my website is lynettemelnick.com. And I have both the coaching and the art on that website. And Instagram is lynettemelnickart. And then I can be found on Pinterest and 
LinkedIn at Lynette Melnick. My name. Yeah, yeah, really. I love it. Thank you so much, Lynette. It's been awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Art Talk with April. Please subscribe and share. See you next Tuesday. Hope you have a great week.